He won't. You know, I, I, I try not to be critical, and I'm, I promise you I'm, I'm not just being critical. Um, but I was singing that song, and I kind of glanced around a little bit, and uh, he won't. He won't fail. And I don't know how you can sing that with a straight face. <laughs> it ought to bring such joy. He won't fail you. He will never fail you. He is our Savior, our Lord. He is King of kings, Lord of lords. He is all that, and he'll never fail. Amen? Amen. Woo! <laughs> I want to be like him. I want to be like him. I want to be like Jesus. You know what Jesus is like? He's an overcomer. He's an overcomer. Amen? Amen. Boy, you all just, you are, you have been tempted to come in here and be silent. Well, we're going to talk about temptation this morning, and we're going to deal with that. We're going to deal with your temptation this morning. Uh, James chapter 1, I'm going to begin reading with verse 12. Um, We've got a lot to get through this morning, and it's all going to be nothing but fun and be a blessing. Matter of fact, that's the first word in our scripture this morning. Follow along in your copy or up on the screen, one of the two. Blessed or blessed is the man who endures temptation. For when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then... When desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. At first glance this morning, this is going to seem like a self-help message. I'm not a self-help preacher. I didn't come in here for a five-step program. I came in here to talk about <laughs> the victory that we can find in a relationship with a holy God. Today, we're faced with this whole concept of temptation. I want you to pay close attention. There is no way in your mortal flesh that you can overcome temptation and sin. Let me say that one more time. There is no way in your mortal flesh that you can overcome temptation and sin. This all points to the only one who can deliver you. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Matthew eleven, fifteen. Pray with me, will you? Father, God, I love you and I praise you this morning. One of the things that I love so much about you, Father, is that... <laughs> You know every ounce of who we are, every fiber, every hair on our head. You know every thought through our mind, every beat of our heart. You know uh, the, the frailty that we are as human beings. And because of all of that, you saw fit to 
provide a way of salvation unto us and you sent Jesus Christ your son to live the perfect life to to die on the cross to be placed in a borrowed tomb to be raised on the third day and he left with us a helper a comforter he left us the Holy Spirit and he is alive and well in the hearts and the lives of believers and you left us your word of instruction Father, I pray this morning, Lord, that as we sit here and as we listen, as we engage with the Word of God and allow the Word of God to engage us, I pray that we would be open and honest, not just with you, but with ourselves. This whole battle that we have with temptation and sin and living a pure life and becoming holy, just likewise as Christ is holy. Father, I pray, Lord, that you would speak to our hearts this morning. Lord, that you would encourage us, that you would grow us, and Lord, that we would get up from here, and Lord, that we would not walk away from here saying, wow, what a good morning. Father, that we would walk away from here saying, wow, how can I make application to this in my every moment, my every waking moment, my every move, my, my very life to gain glory and honor for you, Father. God, I love you. I praise you. Speak to hearts this morning. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Blessed is the man that endures temptations, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life. Blessed is the man who endures temptation. Wow, blessed is the man who endures. Wow, let me share with you some things about temptation. These things, uh, we, Tom and I back there in the sound booth have had been having a running joke this morning. Uh, he was working on something last week, and I noticed that it was still that way, and I teased him that he didn't get it done. And then he came and he said, wow, you've broken a record. You've got like 57 slides this morning. Hang on. <laughs> We're going to fly this morning. Put your arms out. Let's go. Things to know about temptation. God does not tempt anyone. Let no one say he is tempted. I am tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. Listen to me. You can trust if you, if you don't hear anything this morning, hear me, because this is a great foundational launching pad. This is a diving board. This is a place to get wet. Listen to me. God is not going to play a game with you. He's not going to tempt you. He's not going to string you along. He's not going to say, well, let's see how good they do because I bet you they're going to fail. That's not the God that we have. Listen, when I was a little boy, you, you remember those uh, atlases, the big atlas, the world atlas? Well, my, my parents had one of those. It was about that big. It was about that big. It, for this little boy, in this little boy's mind, that book seemed huge. And on the front of that atlas was guess who? Atlas, thank you. Atlas, who's that strong, muscular guy. He's holding up the world. I was like, man. That must be God. I was a little boy. Keep that in mind. I thought, that must be God. That was my, one of my first images of God was Atlas holding up the world. And then I found out that, indeed, that was not God. That was, that was Atlas. <laughs> 
The next image as a, a growing young boy was the image of the throne of God. I heard some preacher, some revivalist, somewhere something talk about God on the throne. And immediately I imagined God on the throne with his big long white beard and his flowing white hair and his robe of white and glowing and looking down with his finger like this. <laughs> I thought he was a God that was like a mean God that was trying to catch me doing bad things. And I had to walk the straight and narrow because God would get mad at me. Well, you know what? I think a lot of people, well, most of you probably didn't go through my Atlas stage. That was kind of a personal one. But I think a lot of us have the attitude that God is some supernatural being out there in the, in the, in the heavens somewhere that's looking down, waiting to catch us in sin. And he is dangling carrots in front of us. Listen to me. I want you to hear who our God is. <laughs> Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. I will say this about God. And we know this. It's abundantly clear God does allow temptation. He allows us to be tempted. God allowed Job to be tested by Satan. And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he, Job, has is in your power. Only do not lay a hand on his person. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. Job. Job, what is it? One twelve. Listen, number one, here's a fun fact for you to put in the back of your mind. You can wow all of your friends when you go out to dinner this week. Job is the oldest book of the Bible. Who knew? Well, you all didn't get wild like I thought you would. <laughs> I'm not going to win trivia with that. Anyway, God, God allowed Job to go through the temptation. Why? Why did God do that? I believe there were many, many different reasons that could be a reality. But I think the, 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 the abundant truth is, is the fact that we have an enemy and that enemy is uh, moving to and fro on this, on this planet and he's seeking someone he can devour. And God says, watch my people. Watch my people of faith. Watch Job. He is a faithful man. He is going to follow me even to the bitter end. He's going to follow me. God knew of the faith that Job had. We're going to get into this a little bit deeper about the temptation part and the fact that temptation is coming, but God allowed it, and that's a reality. So you have to reconcile in your heart and in your mind the fact that God does not tempt anyone. However, there is temptation that is coming, and it's not God. It's God allowing things to come our way. Why would God do something like that? Well, let's keep moving. Number three, temptation presents a choice. <laughs> Did you know that you don't have to give in? You don't have to give in. To, and I'm proud of you. I'm proud of every one of you. Everybody, if you are capable... <laughs> Take your hand and reach back there and pat yourself on the back this morning. Because you're here. There was temptation to stay in bed. 
I was there too. And then Lisa said, you're the preacher. You got to go. (laughs) Just kidding. Some people look, look around. There are some people who didn't, who fell into the temptation and they bought in. They accepted the temptation and they stayed in bed. Y'all didn't. I'm proud of you. It's the little things in life. Cheer for yourself. Blessed is the man who endures temptation. Be blessed when you endure the temptation. See, temptation is going to come to each and every one of us. All of us face temptation. (laughs) Well, let me make it abundantly clear. We're going to do one of two things. We're going to find out who's listening, and we're going to find out who's honest. How many of you have found yourself in temptation this week? Yeah, I walked into the grocery store last night and saw the ice cream. I endured because Lisa said no. (laughs) Blessed is the man who has a woman like her. And no, I'm just kidding. Blessed is the man who endures temptation. We're called to endure the temptation, which means to reject or refuse to fall into that temptation, which will we will see result in something far more nefarious than the temptation itself. Number four, God will help us concerning the right choice. No temptation is overtaken you except such as is common to man, but God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able, but with the temptation will also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. First Corinthians 10, 13. Isn't that awesome? We have a God that knows that the temptation's coming. See, God doesn't just know us. Why does God know us so well? It's because we are God's creation. He knit you together in your mother's womb. He knows every fiber of your being, every thought. We've already talked about all of that. He knows all of that about you. But not only does God know everything about you, but God also knows everything about the enemy. Why? Let's, let's, let's throw some things out of here this morning. Let's throw some bad thinking and bad theology out this morning. Listen to me. Satan has not always been. He is not omnipotent. He is not omnipresent. He is not omni-anything except omni-stupid. He is, he is ridiculous. He is, he is a created being. But the beauty in that is is that God knows everything about the enemy. There is not one while of Satan that God is not already abundantly aware of. And therefore, God knows the temptation that comes your way. Isn't that, oh, I find such great comfort here this morning. And I find such great encouragement. God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. And now here is the thing that I need you to listen to. Because this, you might be sitting there and I might have just crushed your spirit. And I know who you are, not really, not, not specifically, but I know who you are from a spirit standpoint. If this is you, I want you to listen very closely. I just caused you much grief and much anguish by reading that scripture verse to you. You know why? Because you heard me read what God said in his word. And he says, 
who God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. And you're sitting there and you're going, wait a minute. I was tempted and I fell into the temptation and that temptation became uh, a wrong action and that wrong action became a sin in my life. You're telling me that he won't let me. I must be a horrible Christian. I must be a horrible child of God. I must be a horrible church member. I must be a, a hor- I'm just a horrible individual. <laughs> let me tell you something. You, my dear friend, are a mortal being and it is a battle and that's what this morning's all about don't get beat up don't get down in the dumps don't say oh how how horrible of a person am i you are a horrible person there is none good no not one how is that for me making you happy it's the truth though it's the truth there's none good no not one we are all battling the same battle don't take discouragement from that verse take encouragement and say from this point forward i'm going to trust the fact that god is faithful and god will not put anything before me that i have to (laughs) fall into in other words i'm going to let him show me the way of escape with temptation will also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it number five temptation is a choice that brings out what we are in our hearts listen to it but each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed let me tell you something i i've already given you my opinion of the enemy Did you know that he can't read your mind? Did you know that? Satan can't read your mind. He doesn't know what's going on up here. All he knows is what's coming out of here. Hmm. Think about that for just a minute. What's coming out of here? Oh, honey, I woke up this morning. I'm so tired. I think I got sickness coming on. I just don't. I just... Man, I'm so tired. I don't even want to. Oh, I'm tired of people. Gosh, I'm tired of people. I, oh, yeah, I'm the preacher. I forgot. I'm sorry. We confess to the enemy all the time about all of our weaknesses. We tell him all the time about, we, we confess those things. And instead, what we should be doing is we should be saying, I'm going to let praise be on my lips. I thank God for another day. I thank him for a moment that I can wake up and I can praise him. I can give him all the glory. I can enjoy the day. Look, if you go outside today and you don't enjoy that weather, you're crazy people. It's beautiful out there. I want want to sing praises to his name. I want to to give him all the glory. Temptation is a choice, and it's that temptation. The enemy is not, I I will say this, he is conniving. He's a wily devil, and he listens to the things that are our temptations, and he hits us right where we are. And he's not going to hit you the way he's going to hit me, but he's always going to do his best to distract us and to draw us away from our faith and our trust in a holy God. Number six, we will never get beyond temptation in this life. I'm sorry to say that. First Corinthians 10, 12 says, therefore, let him who thinks he stands, take heed lest he fall. Pride cometh before a fall. You've heard it, right? Listen to me. 
Don't, don't, don't get prideful about your faith and your walk in Jesus Christ because that's the very spot that we will find ourselves in error. We will all face temptation in this life. And from the moment that we are born until the moment that we take our last breath, temptation is always afoot. It's always about us. Look at the five steps down with me this morning. These I'm going to go through very quickly, uh, but it's right there in the word of God. And I would put, man, I would put circles around these verses and I would reflect on them on a regular basis. Five steps down verses 13 through 15. First, we are drawn away by our lust, our inward desire. <laughs> wow. Drawn away by our lust, our inward desire. Now, don't get mistaken. L listen to verse 14. But each of you is tempted when he is drawn away by his own entire, uh, desires and enticed. Th that lust that I'm talking about is the lust for whatever it is, whatever the object of the temptation is. It can be a sexual thing, but it, it can be many different things. It can be food. It can be, it can be uh, uh, drugs. It can be gambling. It can be uh, cursing. It can be uh, hatred. It can be Spite, it can, I'm going to stop because it can be whatever it is that, that you struggle with. We're drawn away by those things which we naturally or have a tendency to partake in that are wrong. Number two, we are enticed. Did you hear me? Enticed. The first one was inward. This one, enticed, is an outward thing. Have you ever had anybody try to tempt you to sin? A friend, a, a co-worker, a church member? <laughs> Have you ever, y'all are being, I'm not, not going to raise my hand anymore. Yes, that temptation can be something that we are enticed with, something from the outside. Number four, it brings forth sin. Hmm. We have an inward desire, an outward enticement, and lust is conceived, its desire grows. In other words, we begin plotting and planning how we're going to partake in whatever the temptation is. We start giving in. It starts turning our hearts, number four, and it brings forth sin, the action the action, you reach into the freezer and you pull out the rocky road, you put it in your cart, you go home, you put the spoon, and it's the sin, the action happens. Number five, and it brings forth death. You say, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. I've done that. I've done steps one through four on many occasions. Number five has never happened. I haven't died. Let me tell you what that means. Let me tell you what it means. That death is consequences. A piece of you, a part of you dies. A part of your walk, a part of your relationship with the Father. It, it, it dies. It begins falling apart. Your life begins to fall apart. The consequences of sin are both immediate and postponed till after death. Immediate and postponed. Immediate and postponed. Sin, you partake in it, there's an immediate response, and there's a postponed response. Let's talk about it. <laughs> How do we face temptation and overcome? Realize God is there for you. Hmm. Now, let me go back. 
I thought I had something else there and I don't. Immediate and postponed. The immediate, the immediate is your relationships break down, your, your guilt starts to take place of your faith and you start having difficult relationships. Maybe it's a physical thing that begins happening. There is an immediate response to your sin. Whatever that immediate response is. Um, they, they, there are many, 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 many studies out there based on uh, alcohol addiction. There's many studies based on uh, drug addiction. There's many uh, that are based on pornography. There's many that are based on many, many studies, all kinds of sin, and how it adversely affects you physically and emotionally. And it changes who you are. Some of those things actually begin changing the chemistry that is in your brain. And it begins to destroy you. There are immediate responses. But there are also the postponed. And you say, well, what are the postponed? Uh, does that just mean I don't get to go to heaven? If you're a child of God, you're good. Isn't that good to hear? That doesn't mean we abuse it. Paul said, uh, should we go on sinning that grace may abound? And the Revised Standard Version, the answer to his own question, he says, by no means. I love that. You don't read scripture like I do. <laughs> by no means. We don't live like that. We don't abuse our relationship with him. When we falter and when we fall apart, there are immediate uh, things that happen. There is a recompense for our sin. When we go down those five steps into that hole that wind up causing sin, there are things immediately that happen, but there are also things that happen that are postponed. It doesn't keep you from going to heaven if you're a born-again child of God. You're sealed in the hands of Jesus who, are, who is sealed in the hands of the Father, and we are safe there. However, it breaks down relationship. It breaks down uh, our witness. It breaks down uh, other people that, that need to see a strong believer following and living a holy life in this lifetime. There are many things that are postponed that cause discouragement, destruction. Uh, I, I want you to think about this. I, I've, some of the things that I'm most regretful of in my life are the times that I look back and I see that I did not portray uh, an image of a good father for Samuel and Julia. I know it happened once. I'm sorry. Now, we all make mistakes. We all don't do things perfectly. But boy, it, it just frustrates me that I would do uh, something that would not give them the perfect example of what uh, a dad should be and a mom and a dad's relationship would be. I, I, I so desperately, because I know the long-lasting impact that that can have if it's not corrected. It's the same thing with sin in your life. How do we face temptation and overcome? And this is the important part. Uh, and we're going to get stuck here, and I hope not. Just keep going with me. Quit stopping me, people. How do we, how do we face temptation and overcome? Number one, realize that God is there for you. Listen to 1 Corinthians 10, 13 again. God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able 
follow him, follow that relationship, listen to him, listen to the path that he has for you, follow his word, and he is there to give you a way out of the temptation. He gives you a, a workaround from the temptation. He gives you a, a better plan than what the temptation brings you. Number two, realize God has wisdom about your temptation. Second Peter 2, 9, the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations. Isn't that neat that we have a God like that? He's pretty brilliant. God knows just what you need. You've got to consult him. You've got to listen to him. Number three, realize God has a way of escape. God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able, but with the temptation will also make a way of escape. He's going to give you the, I have yet to do one of those things out there, but the, the, the rage in our country today is to go to escape rooms. How many of you have done one of those? Okay, wow. I'm afraid to go in because I'm afraid you'll never see me again. I don't know. But I, I, I thought about that when I was thinking about this. God makes a way of escape. Listen, the, the temptation and sin can so entrap us that we have no earthly idea of how to manage our way back out. But God knows that we don't know. He knows our weakness. God will not allow us to be tempted beyond what we're able, and he will make a way of escape. Number five, realize our example, Christ overcame temptation. Now, this is where we're going to get stuck. <sighs> oh. Hebrews 4.15 For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Oh, to live that life. Oh, how precious is my Savior that he came and he was tempted with every temptation likened unto man. There was nothing held back. And yet he did not stumble, did not fall, did not think the wrong thing, did not partake in the wrong thing, did not look at the wrong thing with the wrong idea. He was perfect. Wouldn't that be awesome to come across the finish line going, I did it. Not one mistake. Oh, but my dear brothers and my dear sisters, I know and you know that there's only one who's been able to do that. But he is our example. He is perfect. And he understands because he went through the temptation. He did it without sin. Number six, realize Christ prays for us to overcome temptation. Oh, therefore he, Christ, is also able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him. Since he always makes intercession for them. I don't know if you know this or not. This may be very rudimentary, and, but if there's one person in here that doesn't know this and is educated this morning, it's worth it because of the encouragement. It brings such encouragement to me that I know that right now, right this moment, right today, right in this very instant, that Jesus knew where I would be this morning. He knew what I was going to be doing right now. And he 
is interceding with the Father on my behalf right now. He knows my name, and he's calling it out to the Father. He's interceding for you as a listener in here this morning. He's, he's got you, and he's interceding for you because he wants the very best for me. He wants the very best for you. He loves you that much. Amen. <laughs> Man, that's the Son of God talking to the creator of the universe, the Father God in heaven. That's happening even as I speak, that should bring such comfort to us, especially in the midst of a temptation. Number seven, realize Christ wants us to overcome temptation. Let us therefore come boldly before the throne of God, before the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. What does that mean? What does that even mean? Come before the throne of God boldly. Listen, that doesn't mean you come up there with a, a demand on your voice and telling God what to do. What that means is you come boldly saying, God, I can't make it without you. I need you right now. Above all things, this temptation is overtaking me, and I'm, I'm struggling with, with moving through those five steps down into this rabbit hole of sin and destruction in my life. God, please help me. Come boldly. He wants you. Too. He loves you too. He invites you to come. Number eight, realize that temptations can get you discouraged so that you give up and sin. <laughs> Look, listen to 1 Peter 1 6. Listen to this. Uh, this is exciting. Wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season you are in heaviness through manifold temptations. Mm. Temptation is not sin, but it will get you thinking negatively. Temptation is not sin, but it will get you thinking negatively. Temptation wants to cause you to take a hard right turn. Temptation wants you to take your eyes off of the prize. Temptation is not sin, but it's certainly is there for a reason. Negative thoughts or discouragements will cause you to give up. What gets you discouraged? Um, I hesitate to tell you this. I'm just so darn transparent sometimes. Lisa, my bride, has got me hitting the treadmill. It's an, it's an hour. It's... Our marriage is on the rocks, I'm telling you. <laughs> Treadmill? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Do it for an hour. When I get on there, let me tell you something. You want, you want to talk about discouragement? Discouragement is when that little clock says, you've been on the treadmill for 34 seconds. <laughs> really? I feel like I've been here an hour already. <laughs> You get down to that last 30 seconds, however, it's like, <laughs> this treadmill ain't got nothing on me. Isn't it funny how sin and temptation does very much the same thing? Discouragements, negative thoughts can cause you to give up. Number nine, pray for help and temptation. There's nothing wrong with it. 
Hebrews 4.16 says, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. If I can fix or uh, help us see it a little bit better in, in that word need there at the end, put in temptation because that is your specific need in that moment. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace and to help in time of temptation. He wants us to cry out to him and to look unto him. Number 10, recognize you belong to God. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. We are alive in him. He's the one who is the, the only way that we can navigate this life of struggle, this life of temptation, this life of uh, discouragement, this life of indeed sometimes when we are unsuccessful, sin. <laughs> Number 11, yield yourself to God. Do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. Did you know that you are an instrument? Did you know that? Isn't that awesome? Sing, play, do what he created you to be, say, and do. <laughs> what, a, what a beautiful thought that we can come to him and we can have that kind of a relationship with him. Present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead, not dead in your sin and trespasses. <sighs> Yield yourself. Just say no. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in its lusts. Romans 6, 12. Don't let it happen. Don't do it. Just say yes. Romans six seventeen. But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. Oh, my dear brothers and sisters, we got away. I can't, I, we could sit down, I could sit down on the step, we could all come up one by one, and you could share your sin, and, and we could talk about the many ways that God could help you find a way out of it, and I could, I could help you navigate it and all, but you know what? That and a quarter might get us both a cheap cup of coffee. Because I can't give you what you need to face whatever the temptation is it is that you're facing. That specific thing that you're battling and going through. I, can't, I might be able to help you. I might, if, if I've been through that specifically, and I've been battling that or am battling that, we might be able to go through it. But ultimately, my best, my best, my best uh, instruction, I was going to say advice, but that's not a good word. My, my, my best instruction to you? Oh, follow him. Follow what he's doing for you. Follow, follow the fact that he understands that temptation is coming your way. He knows the temptation is coming your way. He knows the tempter and his wiles and what he's going to do. He knows what you need to avoid it and to look unto him and to find a way out of the temptation and not go into that rabbit hole of sin, but instead walk victorious, not because of you, but because of the one who is victorious over the enemy already, and that is Jesus Christ, our Lord. So the bottom line is this. 
Well, I've given you a lot, of, a lot of scriptural advice. I've given you a lot of scripture this morning. I've given you a long way uh, down the, the, the path of how, what temptation is going to look like and how to avoid it, what happens if you don't avoid it, all of that stuff. But ultimately, all of that is completely and utterly useless if you don't know Jesus Christ as both your Savior and, very importantly, the Lord of your life. He must be Savior and Lord for you to understand and to begin walking the life that God created you for. Oh, He created you for a reason and for a purpose. I don't know what that is, but He does, and He wants to share it with you. Don't let the darkness of the day distract you from the way. Pray with me. Father, oh God, I love you. And I thank you this morning that you understand our hearts. You understand our struggles. You understand our victories. You understand uh, the, the weaknesses that we have, our tendencies to, uh, to, to move away from uh, the, the way everlasting. And Father, I just thank you that we can call on you and that you will provide us a way. You will show us the path to victory over each and every temptation that comes our way if we will so avail ourselves to your leading, your, your leading and your guidance in our lives. Father, I pray for those in this place that may not know you as Savior and Lord, may not have ever turned their heart and life over to Jesus Christ and accepted the salvation that uh, his death, burial, and resurrection provides. Father, I pray that today that they would come and say, what must I do to be saved? For Father, there is no greater day than this day, for this is the day of salvation for them. Father, I'm praying for Christians. Uh, they may be wandering. They may have fallen into the, uh, the, the, the rabbit hole of sin as a result of temptation, and they need to come running back. Father, I pray that today that they would come running back to you and rededicate their life. Father, I pray for those who just need to come to this altar and pray, whether it's for a family member, a friend, whether it's for themselves or whether it's for a neighbor or a coworker, or somebody who's sick or somebody who's lost or whatever the situation, I pray that this altar gets used today to your honor and to your glory. Father, I love you. I praise you. And I thank you for what you're about to do in each and every heart this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Would you stand with us?